Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns. I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the designers, artists, and illustrators from around the world. That's right, folks. world keeps spinning round and round. Eyes of the world. So many, so many, so little time. But yes, each week we do our part and we hope that you're learning something. Hope you hold that can, go to that brewery, go to that tap room, wherever it is you are, and just take a few extra moments to appreciate the art, maybe the aesthetic, maybe the layout, but just there's a lot of extra thought, time, money, and hard work that goes into that. And this week we have a really cool artist, Matt Lunig. He comes to us from the Bay Area. Scraped Knee, scrapedknee.com is his website. You can find him on Instagram as well, Matt Lunig, L-E-U-N-I-G. And what Matt does, I mean, he's an incredible artist. Uh, We came to learn of him through his work that he did with DC Brow. He did these incredible black light cans, which... We do the show, we see similarities, we see similar styles, you know, no, you know, everyone's like a, I don't want to say a snowflake because in the the current climate, I don't want to be insulting anyone, but we've really had the the pleasure and and the blessing to have a lot of unique artists here, but I've never seen blacklight cans, and so they are kick-ass, they are rock and roll, I mean, I remember learning about blacklight and thinking it was one of the you know coolest things you know in my you know high school college years you know having that for college you get yourself you know an absolute bottle you you know you partake when it's done you fill it with water you drop it in a little highlighter action and now you have a you know glowing bottle of booze or formal booze in your in your dorm room and you think you're pretty cool it is to be debated but you know you go to, go to different shops and you see these really unique black light posters you know matt's work is really he's got great line work you know they're very vivid and you know lucid imagery you know being a cali you know the bay area definitely has you know throwback to you know some of the earlier you know 70s stuff the you know the gig posters of that time period very imaginary you know coming from probably some form of dream state and on top of that, you know, there's definitely some really cool, you know, printing techniques utilizing, screen printing. There's, you know, foil prints and just really a lot of a lot of cool stuff. A lot of great bands, you know, Black Keys, you know, filling friends, doing stuff with Terrapin Crossroads, Mo. I think there's, you know, Van Morrison, Primus, Queens of the Stone Age, and even uh, some work that will, you know, that we mentioned, you know, in the interview of uh you know jerry g and merle saunders that was you know commissioned by you know the estate so it is no joke folks and we hope that you uh do us a favor head on over there scrapedknee.com you know tell matt that we said hello and check it out so that's what we got for you all the administrative stuff 16ozcanvas.com is the website 16ozcanvas on twitter on instagram on Facebook, 
and now we're even launching our own YouTube channel. It's exciting stuff here, folks. We are pushing the envelope. We're trying to come up with new things for you. It is never a dull moment. We we don't sleep. We just keep we keep grinding, and we're having a good time. And as long as you continue to have a good time, enjoy what we're doing, participate in the discussion, whether it's just liking some stuff or you know, hint hint, head over to iTunes, you know, drop a rating or review. If you're listening right now on your on your iPhone, whatever the hell you have, eight nine X. Takes two seconds to click that five stars. Just, you know, real quick. I can wait. All right. All right. So, yep. Scroll up a little bit. No, not three. No, not five. Yeah, five. Okay. Click, click. Boom. And then you go. If you want to write something really nice, you know, mom, that'd be cool too. We, we appreciate it. But without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Matt Lunig. Scraped knee. 16 ounce canvas. I'm AJ. This is the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Episode number 44. 44. 44. Quaranta y Quatro. Adios. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us, checking in from Cali, is Matt Lunig, uh, the head honcho over at Scraped Knee. We came to learn of Matt through the uh, artwork that he did for DC Brow, but uh, just like myself, he's a, a music man, and uh, if you go check out his website, scrapedknee.com, you can also find him on the Instagram, just doing some great work uh, with you know gig posters and just art in general. So I really appreciate you making the time to uh, to join us here, Matt. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. No problem. Uh, thank you for the invite. You guys, uh, I've been checking out some of the previous podcasts, and you've been getting a lot of cool artists, and it's kind of happy to be in that company. Yeah, it's nice. It kind of it's it works well because then I'll have I'll be able to say I have you on the thing, and that'll get me some more street cred. And it kind of it's just <laughs> kind of it's kind of this give and take, you know, chicken and the egg type stuff. And really, yeah, like I said, I've always uh, I you know, I hosted a radio show for about a, a decade, and you know, gig posters and just kind of the work you're doing. Um, and it was a little more jam jam scene focused. So just seeing some of the you know, the work you've been doing with, you know, widespread and Bo and Phil and, you know, just kind of the list goes on and on. Phil and friends, you know, Mickey Hartband. Sorry for the folks at home who don't know that it is. But it's just really, yeah, it's just really an impressive kind of, uh, I, I would say laundry list, but that kind of, I feel like that like minimizes it. But your portfolio is just pretty, uh, pretty insane, my friend. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've been kind of doing it for, for a while. I think I've been doing it for like 12 or 13 years and just kind of pick up band along the way. And uh, luckily most of the band I work with, I dig and uh, I somehow have been able to make a career at it. So excellent. Well, let's just, yeah, let's find out about that. So how did you kind of, you said you've been doing it for you know over a decade now. So kind of, you know, taking us back before that time, you know, we was art always, you know, something you're always into like growing up or, you know, how, how did you kind of make that, make that choice? And, yeah, I mean, it was. I was always drawing. I've always been sketching. Um, early on, I found like my parents um, would go like dinner parties, and um, like I always found it was like a, a socially acceptable way of kind of being uh, by myself. You know what I mean? If you're just sitting there reading comic books, you know, you get they say put that down. You got to hang out with everybody else. But if you're sitting drawing, they're like, oh, leave, leave him alone. He's creating. He's doing something you know interesting. So. I kind of grasped onto it early, um, and like like most people, kind of, I just got heavily into comic books and cartoons and stuff like that. You know, it kind of traced my favorite 
uh, artists trying to figure out their line work. And back in the day, it was like all the image comic stuff and Todd McFarlane and, and uh, you know, Jim Lee and guys like that. Um, then over somewhere around like high school when I was like getting into music more, uh, I started getting into like the 60s stuff and came across the Fillmore posters and that kind of blew my mind and kind of changed a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I kind of always been drawing. Um, there was a moment I almost went to art school in Savannah, uh, at the Savannah College of Art and Design and kind of changed my mind at the last second. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's always kind of been self-taught. Uh, like I said, reading comics, I got into the indie stuff a little bit later, like the art crumb, the black and white comics. Um, but yeah, this, this kind of like psychedelic world of art kind of came in around high school. Uh, I kind of went from there. Yeah, and I was definitely, I, I was one of the areas of, I can see the inf influences, those old, you know, older kind of film or, uh, you know, those vivid, you know, Bill Graham style, you know, uh, you know, all of his shows, they're really vivid. They're almost, you know, they're like, they're very lucid, you know, your color choices, you know, they're very, you know, I don't know, they're like, they're, they're a little trippy, you know, and the, the, the lettering. And so I definitely, you know, definitely can see that. So, um, yeah, comic books is a huge comic books and like gig posters are like the huge, like kind of foundation for, you know, a lot of artists. And I guess, you know, he's, you know uh, my nephews are, he's a little, uh, younger than I am, but he's super into comic books. So I think that's kind of a, a at first you're kind of like comic books, but then after, I, mean, I would say 60 to 70% of the artists I speak to, you know, comic books at one point or another. Yeah. Uh, so it's, a, it's I really, gave it a run. Yeah. I tried to do comics for a little bit, but it was just kind of like right out of college. When I first moved to San Francisco, I was kind of put out my own black and white indie stuff. And at some point I was like, man, this just takes so long. Yeah. That's what I got. like, yeah, it's like, okay. I tried to do animation. I was trying all these different things, and I realized I'd much rather spend a lot of time on just, like, one drawing. Put my energy into that, because, man, comics, and, like, the whole time you're doing a comic, you're like, this is the best idea, and you're drawing it, and then, you know, like, three days into it, you're like, eh, this idea is okay. And then, like, a week into it, you're just like, this idea sucks. I hate this, but I still got to finish it. And like the best reaction you're hoping for, somebody picks it up, looks at it, and goes, "Huh, yeah, that's pretty good." Yeah, because so yeah, a yeah. lot of work, right? Yeah, because each panel, everything, it's like this whole thing. Yeah, it's, that's what everyone says. It was like, "Oh, I love them, and I appreciate them more than I think I ever thought possible." But I don't want to. I don't ever want to do that again. So yeah, it's definitely uh, it's it's interesting, and I definitely I learn a lot. Kind of like it's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff of what. You don't really realize, but yeah, like I said, your work is, you know, I, I have more, I have more gig posters than I do frame gig posters, but I still love them. So <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. That seems to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how did you get, so obviously I guess it just kind of snowballed. I mean, being, being out West, there's just so many great artists and, you know, especially I think the gig posters kind of got its early roots out. You know, it's like I said, the, if you don't know who Bill Graham is and you're listening to this, I apologize, but please just. I approve of you pausing and, you know, going to find that out and seeing where that rabbit hole takes you. But, um, yeah, the Fillmore is just one of the most iconic you know, venues in the country and he's one of the most iconic promoters. And I think he really put in a huge stamp on the importance of, you know, uh, the, the gig poster, uh, at least in, in, the, in this genre of music, you know, the Americana jam, you know, rock and roll stuff. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, after I, I, I kind of moved to, I went to school in Virginia, um, and like James Madison is kind of small town. It wasn't like really a lot going on. Um, but I ended up moving out to San Francisco kind of right after college. Um, I was always kind of into the hippie stuff and, you know, like I said, the old kind of Fillmore posters. So I kind of like, I moved to the hate and like did the whole thing. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of slowly started doing kind of local posters and, you know, kind of crappy Xeroxes and, and digital prints and stuff like that. And would just kind of contact venues and be like, Hey, this band's coming in town. I want to do a poster. And I think just because it was San Francisco and there's such a history of it, a lot of the promoters knew what you're talking about. The bands knew what you're talking about. And they would just up front be like, okay, here's the email to the band manager. It was like unheard of. But, um, and then I was kind of like, in. I'd have to go to the show and sell them there. And half the time, like, uh, you know, I'd bite it and, print and kind of you know not make a lot of money but it was it kind of started to you know do really small crappy bands and kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger um and then i always kind of consider my first my first like official gig poster is when i made the leap to doing screen prints um and that was a ween gig in like 2006 in san francisco um which kind of at the time and kind of still is like one of my favorite bands. Um, and then from there, I, you know, I, I was able to kind of work with the Fillmore, which kind of was a lifetime dream. Um, and that was really cool and did a couple of posters with them. And what happened is you just kind of you work on these, you know, you, you, you work with a band and then, you know, you become their Oakland or their San Francisco guy the next time they come around and you kind of keep working with them and, just kind of becomes this tree where, you know, uh, you do a Black Keys gig and their manager also represents this guy and he says, hey, we have this new band, you want to do a poster with that? And you just kind of start getting this black book of band contact. And, uh, yeah, and then somehow you just do it for 12 years. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was, that was my next, uh, yeah, the Ween. Uh, yeah, I saw them for the first time this uh, past summer, at, uh, two summers ago at Lock-In. So it was a really... They're still uh, good. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. It was it was funny because they were like it was like two different shows. One night they were terrible, and one night they were like they were incredible. And it was like, oh, you saw the the infamous Ween uh, Fish Locking show. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like they were just like I think I think they just kind of indulged a little too much before the show the, the, the first night because it was like it was just that's like good stuff. Yeah, it was going well. Yeah, that's funny because like yeah, when I described it to folks, the one I thought was the worst. People were like, oh, that was the best one. I'm like, I'm like, all right. Well, that's nice and brown. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, stuff. exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> that's kind of why I'm like. That's what I love about it. Like, you know, what I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's uh, through folks' different eyes. But uh, yeah, friends of mine used to be promoters in Jersey, and they were, you know, they were like, that was one of the best shows. I've, you know, I'm like, okay. I'm like, you're happy, and I'm your friend, and we're here together, <laughs> having a good time. So I'm happy by, uh, you know, by proximity, and you know, you know, rock on. But yeah, I guess yeah. Like, but you're saying you're just like name dropping. Oh yeah, I did stuff for Ween. I did stuff for Black Keys and it's Primus and String Cheese and uh, you know the, the the laundry list. Um, I can do this all day, folks. You just go to scrapedknee.com and you can see all the great you know stuff that you know that he's done. It's it's it's, it's quite impressive. I could just drop names, you know, all day. There's even a classic, uh, you know, Jerry G. Merle Saunders one, which I think is 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 beautiful. You know, with the the lion. So. 
They're just. Uh... I, I mean, I think honestly, I, I've been very lucky um, in the opportunities that have come my way to work with certain bands, um, and like especially early on, um, I definitely did a string with bands that were not big or like my friends' bands or stuff like that. But I think just kind of being in the Bay Area, if I hadn't tried to do this in the Bay Area, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. Um, just because of the history here and, and like there nowadays, you know, like gig posters have definitely blown up and, uh, you know, it kind of made a big resurgence in this kind of DIY of screen printing. And definitely I was, I was kind of like in the very early stages of that, but you know, there are people before me doing it way longer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I used to go to, uh, other States to try and do gigs and, you know, half the time the venues had no idea what I was talking about or, um, and this is like years after I'd been doing it with big name bands. It just kind of has now, um, I feel like doing gig posters is a recognizable thing. Um, and it's great. I mean, that kind of helps, you know, like kind of the older artists and new people coming up and people in art school are learning about it and stuff. So it's a cool art. I mean, it's, it's, it's music and art together and that's, you know, that's kind of the best second to beer and art so how yeah. about that segue yeah right there you go now we'll take one now what is your your process like obviously i mean screen printing is a whole nother area but are you how are you kind of are you hand drawing all these have you, have you gone digital i mean you're kind of you've been here for 12 years so you're really at a interesting transition with you know where things are from a technology standpoint but you know, if you follow, you know, your Instagram, you can see some of your hand-drawn sketches. So what, what is your process like? How is it, you know, okay, Band-Aid wants you to do it. Like, what do you, how, what is that dynamic? I try to kind of keep everything hand-drawn. Um, I think that's just, I'm always kind of drawn more to the, the illustrators and the kind of hand-drawn stuff. Um, maybe it's just kind of being from a comic background. Uh, but yeah, I, I try to do everything hand drawn and, you know, for the posters, maybe a little smaller than actual size. Um, that way I can get a lot of detail in there, but afterwards I'll scan it, do some touch up and clean up and, you know, you gotta, sometimes you can kind of get some better effects, um, you know, afterwards. Uh, and then, you know, most of the time I'll do the, the color separations and Photoshop for, for screen printing. But, um, like I said, I try to, you know, I like having the physical copy in front of me. Um, I like having it afterwards as something that I can kind of show, like an actual, you know, the actual ink drawing. Um, that's kind of my favorite process is just kind of getting lost and, and just inking. Um, but I have a lot of friends who are, are kind of moving toward the Cintiq and, and stuff like that. And um, I mean, honestly, I... I if it wasn't for like the price point, I probably would have jumped on it by now, but that's probably something I'll, I'll test out just for the fact that it's a time saver. Um, I don't, I, I foresee my, myself still doing most of the grunt work and the early sketching and stuff on paper, but um, instead of having to scan of a little bit, go back and scan and back and scan, um, I can see the Cintiq kind of being a time saver. Now, yeah, the, Cintiq's, the Cintiq's one of those newer kind of like high-end uh, uh, pads, right? Is that, is that, is that what? Yeah, it's like the tablet that you're basically drawing directly onto the screen. 
Um, but it's like the big kind of high end ones. Um, you know, Wacom's are the one where basically there's no screen, but you, you have like a pen. Um, I've tried those. I just suck it. I, I can't, I can't look on the screen and be drawing somewhere else. Um, it's just, it's not my brain has, has, has been trained, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can see myself definitely getting a little bit more digital, but I think part of the, the, my look is that there are kind of hand-drawn inconsistencies and, you know, scribbles and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that if everything is symmetrical or exactly the same, I, I think that it, um, it loses, it loses something, you know what I mean? Especially the style of music, right? The improv and where everything is. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's, you know, they, some audience never the same song twice. So, I mean, if every poster is just like, you know, if you're going to Kinko's and making 25 copy, I mean, obviously I'm just minimizing it to a fucking thousand degrees by saying that, but like I totally, yeah, the, the hand drawn is, is the best stuff. I think that's really, that's why I, I think with social media and just kind of where things are now to be able to see kind of the process and some of the stuff that you're post, you know, posting. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the, I was looking at one of the, the Primus ones, for example, to really see like the early concepts. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Like where it would look hand drawn almost with the crayon, you know, or some effects there. <laughs> and, and then to be to that level of detail with the, you know, the, the skull and the, you know, the, the, the trippy mushrooms, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's a mind blow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love seeing other people's processes and, 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 you know, how they came up with the idea. I wish I, I got to get better at doing that. Um, and actually posting stuff. Um, I just suck at social media it's too much. There's so many different ones to do. Well, dude, you're pretty busy. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's another, our golden rule is like if most, most artists websites are, are not that up to date, you know? So it's like, <laughs> and, and it just, you know, that's a good sign to me. That's, that's kind of like, it's my, you know, litmus test of you know is this person actually you know how how busy are they or how often are they, are they creating and if it's you know the the terrible joke if it's you know if their websites are up you know updated every couple of weeks that we're kind of following along it just it means they've got too much time for, you know on their on their hands and they're not <laughs> and they're not creating you know yeah your shit always gets you know falls to the wayside <laughs> well see that goes i just had a baby three months ago and yeah I'm, I, was like, gonna, I was gonna say getting yeah. back into yeah. uh work mode and, and, and how, how that works, you know, with a, with a baby. And I work out of the house pretty much. Um, so I'm, uh, it's, it's ground zero. So we'll see, we'll see how prolific I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. I was going to congratulate you on that as a, as a father to myself, uh, you know, welcome, welcome to the, the crew. And, um, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's exciting cause you're an artist and I always, say that when my children were born, it gave me a new appreciation for how I saw things and how I saw life. And so, I mean, you're part of your, your job and your career is like capturing moments of life. And so are just kind of visualizing, you know, dreams or images and stuff. So I think having, having the little guy around, I think that'll be uh it'll be interesting when you can like pinpoint, like this is the first time my son saw a dog. <laughs> first time we saw the ocean. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It's amazing. Like that you can, that you can like put that, you know, and so, so no pressure there, but just capture some amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 Just no, for sure. I mean, he's, he's, he's a little badass. He's gonna, he's gonna be a little muse for the future. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Put, put him to work, start him early, <laughs> a little office for you know, get some you know, child labor and just, you know, he won't know anything different. 
Excellent. So, um, real also scraped knee. Um, you know, what's the what's the um, kind of story behind that? Uh, you know, it, I, I wish it was cool. I wish it was like <laughs> a, a really awesome story, but it was basically at this point where I think I, I was doing um, zines for a while, and like I had a zine called Red Rover that you know it was, it was looking back, it sucks. It's you know, it's like some bad comics and me attempting to write stories and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to redo, I was like, I don't like Red Rover. I want to do a comic book. So it started off as my comic name. I did a couple issues of scrutiny and it's just random, random kind of comic strips stuff. Uh, and it was mainly trying to come up with like the idea instead of just me, like, Oh, this, cool studio you know you read artist bios and they're always talking about like we did this and welcome to our this it's usually just one dude um so i was like how can i be cool like that like i have a studio so scrape me studios and then it just kind of it kind of um fit and not until like a couple months ago my friend was like oh it's such a great name it's like band-aid you get a band-aid and i was like band-aid oh shit that's kind of what I do. I work with bands and yeah, was that, was them that, on their artwork. Yeah, not to confuse the, band, the Band-Aids from what is it, Almost Famous? Yeah, they're not not, not that kind of Band-Aids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's, uh, again, it's a reference. If you don't get it, it makes me sound like a fool. But um, <laughs> basically, it's, yeah, anyway. But yeah, no, I, I've, I mean, we use the collective we here too. I mean, I'm, I'm the producer editor everybody. i'm everybody and it's like so great i like i love it because like you're right or when people have like putting your own bio is the worst thing in the world yeah it's like oh i'm aj and it's like oh it's just you huh i'm like well no we we and it's like oh okay and i don't say that there's no it's only me you know but uh you know i'll do a couple of voices if i have to but yeah much the, the the royal we is the is the greatest uh self-promotion idea ever it just sounds sounds much better I will say though that I I kind of regret using it sometimes because it's gotten me like uh, you know I'll do shows poster shows or, or, or like I've had some stuff kind of I've been lucky to have some stuff in like some poster books and you know sometimes they use Matt Lunig and sometimes they use Scrape Knee um, so it, you kind of are, are stretching you know uh, sometimes people are like oh I thought you were at this show and you're like oh I was but you gotta look up Scrape Knee or um, so, you know, I, I like having the scrape knee thing now. I tend to just kind of use like Matt Levine, um, it's easier. Yeah. I, I, I agree on that. I mean, as the artist, I think it becomes a little, little trickier, you know, especially, you know, um, but I think you can, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that you can kind of take that back. I think if you switch, you can just switch it up. I mean, if you redo your header on your website and make it Matt Lunig, you know, you know, yeah. scrape, you know, I have just flipped them the sizes and people, you know, all about that font size, you know, the bigger font size always <laughs> seems, more, seems more important. So is the, uh, is the blue, uh, mustache and bearded character, is that, is that you? Is that Mr. Is that your, uh, that is, I've gotten that a lot too. So I, I, that's not me, even though it looks identical to me now. Uh, <laughs> that's like dad, that's like that. dad, that's like Matt dad after like, you know, little man wakes up <laughs> at four in the morning. Yeah. I did that before I, I even knew what a beard was. And like, I, uh, I definitely look like that now. It's like after 12 years of working, doing, working with bands and, and trying to do posters, like 
disheveled and beaten up and wounded and bleeding from the head. So, um, I do, I do get that a lot, but, um, I don't know. I've just been using that logo for so long that it's kind of, it's kind of stuck. Well, it's a, I, I like it. I think it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, he's a good character and uh, he looks good in his, <laughs> uh, in, in his Santa hat. <laughs> And we are back. You're listening to the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode number 44, Quarenta y Cuatro, featuring the one and only Bay Area gig poster extraordinaire, Mr. Matt, Matthew, Mateo, Matty, Matt, Matt. Sorry, dude. I don't know if you're going to like those, but we went with it. Matt Lunig scrapedknee.com right here on the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast so i really enjoy talking to to matt you know obviously i'm you know a music lover music aficionado sounds cooler than lover and i just find the whole process amazing and when you learn about screen printing and i know that we've talked about before you know dan blakesley has done some work in that space you know, Magnificent Beard, uh, you know, Jason at Ink and Lead Designs. But just Google a time-lapse video of someone doing screen printing work, and it's going to blow your fucking mind. Because these posters, which you go, you buy them at a show for whatever it costs, you know, and they're awesome, they look great on your wall. But the amount of time, not only do they draw the idea and draw the concept, but then for them to manually do each color, it is, it's just insane. It's just, it's literally insane to me because a lot of times with technology, like the fact that I can do this podcast in my, my house, that's amazing. That's technology advancement. But screen printing in a way is not utilizing the advancement of technology. And there's, you know, if you're a gig poster extraordinaire or, you know, you're a hardcore person about it and I'm missing something and it's utilizing technology. AJ at 16OunceCanvas.com. Shoot me a note. It won't be the first time and it won't be the last time that I've spoken out of my ass and not know what I'm talking about. But it is not using technology. You can print this stuff up. You know, I can go before this song is over and print stuff from my phone and pick it up at, you know, a local shop. Obviously, I'm just trying to prove a point, but screen printing is epic. And so the work that that Matt's doing. It's really great. It's really vibrant, full of energy. It's something that I'd be proud to hang in the studio and just really, you know, really cool. And on top of it, you know, new dad, and he was just a good dude. So, you know, we're not going to be friends with everybody we interview, and sometimes there's awkwardness and we don't connect. But, hey, I think he thought I was funny, which is always a bonus. And, you know, we were geeking out on music, have a lot in common. I've seen almost... You know, 75% of the artists that he's worked with, you know, from Primus to Mo to Twiddle to Phil, you know, sadly haven't seen Jerry G. But it was, so that was really nice for me thinking like, oh, I could have been in a show where, you know, maybe I would have had the opportunity, you know, to, to buy his, his stuff. And so for me, that was really cool. You know, it was just a great experience, you know, we'll learn more about his, you know, delving into the craft beer scene, you know, what he hopes to kind of come away with that, you know, his bucket list and, uh, you know, a few other really cool things. So I 
hope you are enjoying yourself. We're having a great time. This gives me kind of a throwback to back when I used to do my own show, 88.5 WVOF. We mentioned it before, sharing in the groove. We were a little more, you know, jam, rock heavy, and we just had a good old time. And yeah, so we are just taking one week at a time, seeing where it takes us. Really fortunate and lucky enough to meet some great people from around the world, around the country. Looking forward to my next trip to to Cali to have a few with uh, with Matt and the the other you know wild and wacky artists we're meeting all across the country. So we thank you. We're gonna get right back into it. This is part two of the essential, the essential, Matt Lunig. Scrapeknee.com. I do feel bad because we talked about you know being Matt, being Scrape Knee. He is Scrape Knee. Scrape Knee is him. He is I, and I am him. Thin with the tip and brim. What's my motherfucking name? That's all you got for you, folks. Right back at it. Episode 44, part Dua. Matt Lunig. Here we go. Enjoy. So. When the bands are coming to town or when you're working with your clients, what's the typical, uh, like from a project management or life cycle you know, of, of your of your projects? Like how much time do you have between, is it like a thing where, okay, they announce, say, their fall tour and then like when is announced, they tell you? Or are you, do you know before the tour is announced and you're working on it? How does, how does that go and, you know, how many posters are you kind of working on or at, at, at a given time? Uh-huh. It's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, you know, I think luckily uh, I've gotten to a point where bands will try and hit me up early, which usually is is not the case. Um, so sometimes, like bands, it's it, you know, also it's a band band case. So sometimes bands will hit me up like four months before a show, um, or when they're just kind of starting to plan the tour. And like a lot of the times, you think that'd be great, but it's so far off in the distance in my head that. I tend to forget about it. Um, it was bad. Um, but then I have the opposite. I have bands who are like, oh, we need this in two weeks. Can you flip this around? And uh, like early on, I'd totally do it just to do it. I've gotten a little better of not of not killing myself over doing rush gigs and doing all-nighters. And, and, and fortunately or unfortunately, I don't really have as much time anymore. Um, so I try to I try to give bands like at least a month um, you know, I say a month. Um, and luckily I, I work with a guy, uh, a print shop out here in Alameda that I've been working with about 10 years. Who's been basically taking over and doing, doing all my printing and stuff. And I like to give them, uh, you know, as much time as possible. So at least a week and a half, two weeks. Um, I, I'm pretty good at pumping them out, but you know, there's a lot of factors shipping. So, um, if it's a local show, then you can you can do it a lot quicker. But you know, if they want 500 posters and it's in New York on the other side of the country, you got to factor in you know two weeks or four weeks or you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm best stressing me. I was just thinking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the time, like I said, I'm 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 happy because as I've been getting less of the stress gigs where they're just like we need it tomorrow, um, and and bands are. are are more hip into kind of like planning out their full tour ahead of time. You know what I mean? And like getting a lockdown artist for each, each gig. Um, so that usually nowadays kind of happens well in advance. Yeah. And I, and I think that, I mean, like, like I said before, the, the artists that, you know, 
that I know are, are very well known. So their their tours are not as kind of part. Uh, in a previous life, I also managed a band that was very they were very kind of duct taped together. So I can, but these are really well established. But I think that what's great, especially because you've been grinding for so long, is you know you might not like the early stuff you did, but it's kind of like you can just see the evolution or the the build of it. And you were you know the fact that you can now. I'm not saying you're you're picky or difficult, but you can now kind of pick and choose or have at least some parameters that make for a better ideal, you know, working situation than when you first started. And it was like, okay, I'm going to take oh, for sure, yeah, I'm going to take whatever. So I mean, it's really nice to see that, like, you know, all that hard work is, you know, paid off, and now you have, you know, it's not just you know Cali gigs. It's kind of you know, yeah, all, absolutely, you know, coast to coast tours where they're having you do the posters and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you kind of leave California and you do, a, you know, you go to Atlanta or something, you're like, what's all the posters I did? And it's all California said, nobody gives a shit. So <laughs> I'm happy that, you know, most of the gigs I'm doing now are kind of all over the place. Um, you know, I still take on like a lot of kind of new bands and bands I'm not that familiar with. Um, you know, I'll give them a listen and they kind of reach out and stuff. Um, but for the most part, like, I'm happy that, most of the bands I work with, I'm, I'm you know, I definitely am into, um, and that kind of helps kind of fuel the creativity for the artwork. Yeah, because yes, yeah, so I noticed, um, and they've grown kind of uh, larger here on the East Coast, and they're, I mean, they're definitely expanding. But I noticed, uh, you know, Twiddle was one of the bands. You know, I was, I was, I was impressed to see that. You know, they've definitely uh, been Vermont based and kind of, you know, blowing up around around the Northeast and uh, East Coast. I mean, I think, I, I think nationally, but. Now that I have two kids, I mean, I, I don't really get. I, I'm not as. Yeah. I'm not as cool as I used to be. And one could argue, <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, I think I thought that was interesting. You know, just 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 to see that. Yeah, I was I was not so familiar with them. I'd seen their name kind of you know on, on festivals and stuff like that, and they reached out, and they just like were kind of a cool band to work with, and you know I checked out their music, and and definitely they. They are, are really into kind of the poster scene, and they, they get a lot of kind of um, really good poster artists. And, and once again, just kind of cool to be in the company with some of these guys. Yeah, and that's a really, I mean, and I think that, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Now, for for an artist kind of like coming up or just getting started, would you have any kind of advice or kind of, uh, you know, guidance? So you've been in the game for a while now, and, you know, what would old Matt tell you know young Matt or someone you know similar? You know, I wish there was an easy. I get you know really flattering emails like saying you know like advice on on how to get into the gig poster world or something like that. And I, I wish I had an easy way. And realistically, there is no path. There's no Amazon book that you're going to read the guide to you know, becoming a gig poster artist. And you know, a lot of it is kind of like hard work and circumstance. Um, like I said, like a big part of me being able to to get into this this field was was just being in an area like the Bay Area that that really knew or had a history of, of gig posters. Um, you know, at the same time you gotta work your ass off and, and you're not gonna get Sonic Youth or whoever that I'm dated, but like you you're not gonna get, you know, these big bands immediately you know work your way up um and you know if you're trying to get into gig posters there's kind of a blessing and a curse right now there's 
there's a lot more resources. You know, screen printing's made a big comeback. People are learning it in school. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, it's easier to get a gig, um, but there's so many more people doing it as well. It's kind of like it's kind of a popular thing again. So um, you just kind of people find their own way. My thing is is I didn't really have a backup plan, <laughs> so. I, you know, I, when I first moved out to San Francisco, I worked in the video game industry for a number of years and kind of did this on the side. Um, and then after, I don't know, maybe like seven years of, of doing that, I kind of, kind of made the leap, tried to do it full time or just like freelance illustration full time and, and kind of slowly went from there. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of got to. You know, you're going to probably do two jobs at once for a while. Um, anything that you're passionate about, it's going to take time. Um, yeah, I mean, I say just like kind of look at your favorite artists and, and like find your own style. People are going to kind of copy other folks to try and kind of learn techniques and stuff like that for a while. And, and early on, their, their artwork is not going to be themselves. It's going to be an amalgamation of all these other artists they like. And eventually they'll find their way. Um, but just, you know, be into it and, and, and don't do it thinking you're going to make a bunch of bucks. And hopefully you do. Some people do. Some people don't. Um, but, but just kind of keep doing it. All right, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's 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 no, that's good advice. I think that you know, I think that uh, I think the way you started off was was great. With the you know, there's no um, there's no Amazon book, you know. So I think that's I think that's really I think that's key for some folks. You know, I think it's like okay, what's the six easy steps? And it's like no, it's like six million steps. It really is what it is, and you have to really yeah. I tried that route. You know, I looked at freelance illustrator books and like the guide to this and pricing guide for this. And, you know, you just got to do it on your own. You're going to take a bunch of hits and you're going to take a bunch of losses, but, um, you just kind of learn from those and, and kind of figure it out way. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's great advice. And I think, now how would you describe, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, having your own style. How would you, how, how would you describe your, your, your style or your, your, uh, cringeworthy word aesthetic? How would you, <laughs> Um, like I said, you know, like hand drawn, I try to keep it, you know, illustration, kind of classic illustration. I, I harken back to a lot of the, the old sixties style, uh, comic books like the R. Crumb and, and, um, I don't know. I dig weird features. I got to this, I draw a lot of masks, um, feathers and, um, I kind of went to totems and, you know, kind of these, uh, uh, was it the Kachina dolls from the Hopi Indians, like really kind of interesting characters, um, colorful, I think probably more colors than, than a lot of people in screen printing, um, to my detriment probably, uh, cause I lost money, but, uh, I just like bright colors, um, thick lines, um, try to keep, you know, I spend a lot of time on my, my line work. Uh, keep it tight. Um, so I, I've unfortunately created a style that takes a lot of time. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Well, having learned, like each, you know, every couple of months, I learn more. And the learning about screen printing, and then realizing with your posters, the 
that that's going on with the you know with these is that's kind of it's crazy to me. I've seen a few like you know video time lapse videos and even even those are you know it's amazing to me and that's like a a small blip of the amount of time it takes. So the fact that you know like I said these colors are so vivid and and what have you and then you have your your black light type you know style ones that you know really yeah. really pop and you know it's just yeah. I think your your use of color um, is great, and uh, I I think yeah I think that's a great way to describe it. Your line work is is really great, and um, I, yeah I love all the, the attention to the little subtle details and the shading. It's just really they are what I would look for, you know, when I when I'm buying a gig poster. So um, not that that really matters, but I, I think I think they're just they're really I think they're your style that's you too. I think they definitely are. You know, oh, you, thank you, you. Yeah, no, I, I think that's you know. I think if you look at it, you know, you know that they're they're all they're similar. I mean, obviously, you're not pumping out the same gig poster for everybody, which is you know that would that would piss people off. But like, it's just they're all, but they all have kind of a you know, similarity to them, which you know I think that's kind of what you know what you're what you're hoping for to have a style that's you know truly yours. Yeah, you know, I like to keep it a little cartoony. I like you know keep it kind of trippy and psychedelic. Um, you know, keep it weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely you know has some lightheartedness to it. You know, there's definitely some you know play off of some you know you know imagery that you know should be familiar with folks, especially you know, depending on the band. And it's mm-hmm. uh yeah, I definitely uh I definitely get that. And so with that, you know, you had the you know some of these posters have that that black light style to it. And you know, this past year you did cans, and that's kind of how we found you. Um, was with with DC Brow and you know Union Craft Brewing and like I've never yeah. seen I've never seen Blacklight uh, beer cans before and so that that to me was like that was some new new shit right there and so I, I, how did <laughs> yeah how did that go down I mean like those are those are kind of those are one of a kind I mean there's a set of them but I mean the the Yonder City cans. yeah that was a fun project I um I I took off with my wife uh for three years like we kind of left san francisco for a little bit and she's from atlanta so we went to atlanta we ended up in india for a little bit ended up in dc uh, she was going to grad school there so i, I kind of was in dc for two years and and kind of early on i was looking for kind of local local businesses to work with and i'd always kind of wanted to get into the beer game and and it, it is kind of a weird natural transition. Like a lot of poster artists are doing, are doing beer art. Um, and the, the kind of big local one near that was kind of close to me was, was DC brow. And, uh, I just kind of went in one time and I think by luck, I, they were doing a huge mural in their, in their brewery and they were pretty new. And the vibe there was just really cool. It was a bunch of kind of like guys into metal and everybody there was really nice. And I think that day I just started, talking to them and I hadn't really done many murals before, but I just said, Hey, I want to do a mural. And they said, okay. And I came back a couple of weeks later and, and, and did a couple of murals in the brewery. And over time I, I just did a bunch of art for them doing shirts and, um, doing kind of like, you know, growler art and, um, and just kind of would go there and hang out with the guys and kind of learn more about the brewery industry. And, um, you know, even when I moved away, I kind of keep doing stuff for them. And, you know, I was doing like a, a shirt once or twice a year and they just had their fifth anniversary, you know, two years ago and they had a big metal concert on the premise and I did a bunch of the, the posters for them. So this gig came up because uh, the next year 
their sixth anniversary, uh, they wanted to do something special, and they they basically were um, putting out a number of beers and like a lot of collabs. They're big into doing collabs, so they were working with Union in in Baltimore, outside Baltimore, and actually they were trying to redo a beer that they had done like five years ago, which is the Yonder City's beer. Um, and I kind of started to talk to John over at Union about, you know, they reached out to me about, about working together and uh, kind of redoing the art for this Yonder Cities. And together we kind of came up with the idea that we would do this kind of trippy um, reversible um, artwork. So, it's, you know, it's like a face and then you can flip the can upside down while you're drinking it and it's another face. Um, but the cool thing is, they each wanted to do a can. So there's two different cans, one for Union, one for DC Brow. And they each have their own version of Yonder in there. Um, but then the kicker was, I don't know how it came up. I think it might have been John um, talking about doing a blacklight. And that's when I was like, ooh, that's really cool. I'd never seen, like you, yeah, I'd never seen a blacklight can before. Um, and, you know, now it's a kind of technology with, with uh, labeling you get into shrink wraps, you get into all kinds of different ways of getting the, uh, the labels on there. And, you know, I'm, I've done like black light posters and a lot of it is just kind of mixing this kind of like fluorescent powder into, into the, the ink and stuff. But, um, I mean, I, I credit John at, at Newman. I think he did the, the actual hard, hard research of finding like how to make that possible. Um, but then, uh, the cans came out and they, they looked, they, they're pretty rad. They, they came out well. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I definitely have never seen that. And so that's, you know, that definitely stuck with me and I, I didn't realize they had the kind of the, uh, the card style to them almost where you flip them over and they're different faces. So I, that's, that's pretty mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I, I never, I never held one or saw one in 3d. So I think that's really, uh, they're really cool. I just like that. Yeah, like I said, so that kind of just got me into it. And I like that's what I just love about the interwebs. You know, I just kind of went down a rabbit hole, <laughs> just following all your stuff, and just kind of like, oh wow, like cause I was like, who did those? You know, and it was like super early on. So I just and I, yeah, we've had people say kind of like the you know the craft labels is like the you know the new you know gig poster or the new kind of uh, you know uh, uh, album covers. And so I just think that it's really cool that somebody who gig is a gig you know gig posters and um is doing that so it's really yeah, we we've uh we've, we've had a lot of folks who've who've done the gig poster stuff and i think it's really it just uh like i said i have a lot of them i'm um i'm big into into fish and so i just have a, a lot of them in there Dude, yeah fish that's all sierra, sierra i mean i i've never done one for them but like the sierra nevada guys i guess they're big into fish and they they kind of employ a bunch of the fish dudes like ken taylor and yeah um yeah, they even have a beer that they made just for them. Uh, foam, I think, was what it's called. You know, they had that oh, at festivals wow, and stuff. Yeah, I think it would start it off as like because they do their big festivals. I think they had their, you know, the the beer. You know, they kind of they were early on. You know, before like the Bonnaroo's and stuff like that. And I think you know as it progressed, they would have the beer gardens. I'm pretty sure it's called Foam from from Sierra Nevada. But yeah, so yeah, I have a bunch of those, and so I was just looking. You know, we just saw them at the garden, you know, a couple, uh, you know, last week. And so there, it's, it's cool that, yeah, they have a different one for each night of the four night run, you know, and so it's crazy. Oh, that's so cool. 
you can't it's impossible to get them though you have to like be there like <laughs> you have to be there so early but it, it's it's really yeah it's really nice and so we're all i definitely uh have way more than, i think i think that most of the i've been lucky to kind of like start working with some other breweries and and they i think most of them either found me or or kind of are are interested in kind of collaborating because of the they found me through posters or you know they're all kind of music nerds uh which is kind of a big thing with the breweries too so you're seeing a lot of these kind of band uh band related beers um and it's all kind of the same world um and i'm seeing kind of more and more of my kind of like friends in the poster scene working on 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 uh label work whether it's like uh dogfish head stuff with like mark spusta and, and jim Mazza or um Neil Williams over at Ninkasi. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it's a cool kind of crossover. I, yeah, I think it's great, especially cause I think they're, they're all, you know, good music and good beer kind of go together. Right. And so it's just definitely, you know, they, they all tie into that, you know, a larger, you know, vibe. And so, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And I like the fact that more and more breweries are, you know, making that investment and not just having to be some, you know, stock topography where it's, you know, this is our beer, you know, all, yeah, the, legal, I mean, all the legal shit. And then people are really taking, you know, chances and, and doing some cool stuff. It's it's kind of the beauty of, of where, where beer labels are at right now. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that you have this podcast and are kind of, you know, uh, spending time and your time and energy promoting these type of artists is amazing. Um, you know, in this field, it takes a lot to kind of bypass like one's ego. So talking about, you know, the accomplishments of someone else, like artists never do that. So like, I mean, the fact that you're, you're highlighting like, uh, you know, these, these other people is really, is really good. I mean, props to you. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and in this field, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like where, you know, I, I was always kind of drawn to these, these kind of art careers, I guess, you know, where they're doing posters, you can say like skateboarding, skateboard art, or like uh, comic books where you're in charge. Your creativity is what you're, you're selling. You want to go crazy. You want to go big. Um, you know, I could never really kind of do well in the, the strict advertising world. And I think beer labels are kind of at that point now where you're just seeing crazy shit on beer labels. Um, super detailed or super simple. I mean, honestly, a lot of the beer labels I really like um, are completely opposite of like what I do. Like Carl Grandin, who you had on the podcast, or actually you had Mike Van Hall too. That's like super simple style. You know, it's like really beautiful. I could never do that. Um, but it's like the different aesthetic and it, it's like stuff that's creeping into to beer labels and like some some styles that you never would have expected to see on a can. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's great, and I, I appreciate you saying that because I don't know the reason. Like I, and I've folks have listened before. I've, I've I've always touched on it, but I just it's important. I think that you know we're not a political podcast, or whatever. But I, you know, when you have kids and just in life, you know, you just got to be putting out something positive there. And you just, I really think that you know, doing this gives me enjoyment. I love, you know, I love craft beer. I love music. I love art. And so for me, it's really, it's self-serving. So I'm learning a lot and, you know, it makes me appreciate, you know, and it's, I, and I also think that 
someone like yourself with your story of, you know, grinding and working hard and there's no easy way to do shit. Like you're a great example of somebody of, of an entrepreneur and you don't, and the, uh, the thing I find is you don't probably look at it that way. You don't like, you're not, you know, you're just, lo- you're, you're doing your thing and you're happy and you're creating art and you're working with these great bands, but like you're a great story of hard work, determination, you know, you're a great example for your family and your son and, you know, you work with these awesome artists and you're doing a lot of great stuff. And I think it's important that people, like you're saying, like recognize other people who are doing awesome shit. Like, you know what I mean? These, these cans make my life better. Beer makes my life better and music makes my life better. So, <laughs> you know, all I'm really, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's a great outlet for me and it's cool to meet folks. Like now I have this map around the country of people I want to meet in person and have a beer with or, you know, have a laugh with or go to a show. Hey. And that's how I look at it. You know, it's like, yeah, I good beer out in Oakland. Come out here. Hell yeah, dude. And I love it. That's what I mean. Like, you know, we, I, I really like, you're right. I mean, I got to talk to Carl and, you know, he's in Sweden and he's going to come stateside and, you know, and, uh, you know, Mike's down in DC. We're going to try to, you know, actually him and Carl are doing an art show in a couple of weeks and up in Maine. I think I'm going to just kind of Oh man, go. that's so cool. Yeah. I'm going to go drive up there and meet, you know, okay. gonna, yeah, you know, but, and that's what we're trying to do, you know, in the, our next phase is try to make these little maybe pop-up art shows, you know, with folks like yourself and, you know, the breweries that you work with and have it be like a reverse form of a, a beer fest where it's more about the art and then the beers there. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, we're just, we're all just trying to do our part, I think, to make the, you know, life sucks sometimes and shit's crazy, but you know, I think that if you focus on the good and, you know, you work hard, you know, I think it's a, uh, like I said, I, your story is a great story. And I think that, uh, and oh, thanks man. That's, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, like, especially when you're, when you're working for yourself and you're, you're kind of your own boss and you're basically just talking about yourself all day. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to promote yourself on social media. And you, you literally are just talking about yourself all day and it sucks. It gets old and you feel like an ass. Um, so I've kind of, I mean, New Year's resolution. Um, just like, I'm, I'm happy to start. Just I want to push other people and, and and like show people art that I love and I'm like inspired by. And um, you can kind of get lost into just kind of being selfish and self-absorbed. And when, when like I said, your your kind of business is you. Um, so I, I, it's something that artists deal with, and and especially with social media. So. I'm uh, I'm looking to find some some good art and 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 tell people about it and you know just keep doing it, do it, man. It'll come natural. You, know, you can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I just yeah, it's hard. I mean, I don't. I have no clue what I'm doing, and I, you know, I still. But <laughs> you know, this is you know we're this is probably one of our forty five, forty six episodes when we, this one airs and. That's nuts, I, man. Right, exactly. That's, That's forty-five more episodes than I thought were possible. Like I, I didn't know that. It was just an idea I had, and I was like, "All right," and I played it out, and it's been, you know, it's growing, and yeah, like I've, yeah, it's cool. It's even cool. Mike. You knew I had Carl and Mike on, right? And Mike, you know, Mike's story. He used to be a yeah, lawyer. Dude. He used to be a lawyer, and he just decided one day. Yeah, he's, he's a like, good guy. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I want to do what makes me happy, and then like that's what he does, and so like, that's a great story. Like you know, like, like See, you said, I mean, my career. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to cut nah, you off. Right. The my career is basically like yours. You, you kind of like, you want to do something. And then at some point you realize I'm 45 podcasts in, I'm a, I do podcast. Like you, you just kind of do it. You just, it's 
stop thinking about it and you just kind of get it done. Um, and eventually you find yourself as a poster artist or a beer designer, you know? Yeah. So yeah, man, like, like I said, you know, you take a step back and look at yourself. You know, if you looked at somebody else who was doing, had the same portfolio or career you did, you'd be like, wow, that guy's are, you know, doing a really great job or really impressed. But when it's yourself, it's hard to kind of see past the, you know, cause you're in the thick of it all the time. But you know, from a, someone on the outside, you know, it's really, uh, you, you're, you're a humble dude and you're doing some really, some really great stuff. You know, I think that, uh, you should be, you know, you should applaud yourself for that. You won't, but you should. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So then if you're, if you're going to name drop others, is going to help you with your, uh, New Year's resolution. What, what are some other, you know, uh, you know, poster artists or, or, or label, you know, some of your friends, you know, name drop some friends. Cause this is a hint here. Um, if you name drop some folks, like then said, you save me some time researching <laughs> for future episodes. Yeah, get some other dudes on the podcast. Yeah, right. Um, Scrape me approved. I, uh, like I said, I, I'm always drawn to kind of the other illustrators and especially like poster poster artist guys. So, um, you know, like uh, Jim Mazza and, and Mark Spusta are poster guys doing stuff with Dogfish. Um, Neil Williams over at Ninkasi. Um, I know, uh, John Vogel in Denver is doing like, um, great divide, which is like a cool brewery over there. Um, I don't know. I like in Oakland, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of artists over here and it's cool seeing, you know, the, the, the beer scene I found like label wise, a little tricky in, in the Bay area. Um, these kind of smaller ones are, are kind of a newer thing. You know, you have like 21st amendment and these kind of big ones have been an anchor steam. Um, and, and my personal experience trying to break into doing beer out here, uh, was tricky because I, I feel like instead of working directly with artists, a lot of these bigger companies just go directly to an advertising agency. Um, and they kind of, I don't know, I, I, I feel, um, it's harder to, to, to get those gigs. And, and sometimes like the, the art that comes out is, is, I don't know, not as crazy and stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's, it's gone through a number of different people. Um, but I don't know. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of these kind of smaller, uh, breweries pop up. I think you've had some other kind of San Francisco. Right. Yeah. I just had, I just actually had this week's episode, uh, Nick Fulmer, uh, guy. Okay. He handles uh, beyond the L. Yeah. And he kind of, he he's worked with like twenty different breweries and bars in, in Cali, and his story is really cool too. He was he took your I mean he took your thing of just working and drawing and drawing. He always wanted to be you know an artist and make a career out of it, and it just never kind of came. And he was dropping his wife off one day at a you know at an appointment. He said he would give her a ride, and he went to Twenty First Amendment with his sketchbook, and he was sketching and. Somebody saw him and, uh, you know, she, she started talking to him. I think she was 10 in bar or something and said, oh, my husband and I are starting to look a, open a brewery and it was Faction Brewing. And, uh, That's awesome. And then, yeah, so he's done a ton of stuff. Yeah, so it's cool. I, I, I mean, I love, I, it's just cool. I just think people's stories, you know, are just, you know, I think the key is just grind, you know, keep grinding. And, you know, if you love it, then it doesn't, that's really, the feel, weird then it doesn't feel like a grind, right? So I think that's, the, that's where it's at. I mean, that's how, that's how, some of these opportunities come up, you know, it's just like luck of the draw. You meet somebody randomly, um, you know, 
uh, you, you, the one night you force yourself to go out and you're like, ah, I'm going to go out, they go out and meet somebody and it ends up being some job, you know? Um, it's, it's these kind of rare kind of random, I don't want to say luck. Um, but like, you know, it's these rare opportunities to pop up. Um, so again, there's no kind of easy way of doing it. Yeah. And, uh, the, our first episode we ever did was, uh, this guy, his name is Dan Blakesley and he, he's, he's his gig. He does gig posters for himself. He's a basically like a traveling Wilbury. Mm-hmm. The guy just plays music all you know, up and down, you know, wherever, you know, all over the place. And he was working on a gig poster in Vermont. The guy who owns the Alchemist, which, you know, was making Hetty Topper, asked him if he was interested in doing some work. And the guy, it's just, yeah, you just end up, you know, doing one of the most, you know, Mount Rushmore guys, you know, Hetty Topper of, you know, of the craft beer thing. So it's just kind of crazy. I mean, I, I, I will say, you know, uh, I say this like luck and, and opportunity, but you still got to grind. So I, you know, some of the, the beer gigs I've gotten, I I've sent promotional postcards to, or I've, I've sh- shown up and purposely like been like, who's the, the person to talk to you about, you know, the, the packaging, you know, um, you, you do, you know, sometimes like, uh, like I've sent random postcards out and not heard back for, 10 months and then randomly they're like, Oh yeah, this has been sitting on my desk and we're looking for some, some artwork. And you're like, Oh shit. Cool. All right. Yeah. It's all part of the, yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I don't want to, with our, our stories of being a chance occurrence, I don't want it to be like, okay, just, you know, sit in these places and randomly people will walk up to you. Like you got to keep just, you know, grinding and it'll come together. But but yeah, I think that you have to, you know, you have to treat it like a business, you know, and I think that it's, it's not always easy, you know, to, to do that. And so I think that, uh, you know, go to, you know, go to Matt's website, you know, scrapenee.com, you know, you can check him out on Instagram, Matt, you know, Matt Looning, L-E-U-N-I-G, and you can really see the kind of, you know, what it takes and just kind of all the, just, that's just some of the work that, you know, you're seeing there. And so I, I definitely, uh. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy following along, man. So I definitely, um, you know, if you're doing a, if you say you're doing a shitty job at uh, social media, I look forward to when you're doing what you think is a better job. <laughs> I'll follow that too, man. Yeah. Well, uh, this last question is a little bit easier probably for you than some of our other folks, but you know what what's the what are you listening to like when you're creating? Is it is it one to one? Do you usually try to get into the zone of, of the artist you're doing, or how, how do you go about that? Not necessarily. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I listen to my kind of like taste and aesthetic is kind of like psych rock stuff. Um, and there's a lot of good bands I listen to that have been out here for a while. So there's bands like Earthless and Mammothus and Golden Void. And some of them, they, they don't, um, you know, they'll, they'll make it to the East coast and stuff, but these guys have been around for a while. Like I said, I'm old. I listen to Ween a lot and, Soundgarden. I do like know, the. I do like, like the. I do like that you're older than me. I mean, I'll be forty next year, uh, uh, this year. But I do like the. I do like that you're <laughs> a little bit older it. than me. I'm yeah, feeling. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's good. Um, but actually, a big. I I, I kind of listen to a lot of talk radio and podcasts and stuff like that. I, you know, for a while, uh, when I was trying to concentrate and get in the zone in the studio, I had a problem where every four minutes, five minutes, like a song would end and a new one would start and it would kind of break concentration. So either I'd do these kind of long drawn out instrumental bands or I find 
just kind of background noise of, of podcasts and um, stuff like that. Talk radio kind of is good. This kind of hum in the background sets my brain at a certain frequency to actually be creative. So, yeah, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, because some folks have told me they like to, you know, they have certain cartoons or just TV in the background, and others go classical. And then, like you said before, metal comes up like all the metals like the one of the go-tos i think it's i definitely uh i, I try but I, I i it's not my it's not my cup. <laughs> it's not my cup but there's a few i mean there's a few in there that <laughs> i get that I get into but yeah it comes up all the time comic books uh gig posters and heavy metal are the are like the is like the, the holy trinity yeah i i mean i really yeah. i think that i would say most folks have two Two or three out of three. Some have, you know, you know, give or take, it averages out to I'd say two thirds of, of it. But yeah, it's it, it's wild. And also, like a big part of that are big dudes with beards, right? It kind of fits in there too. That's like the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been yeah. I'm definitely I'm uh, I've committed. I'm to guilty it. of that too. Yeah, so. I'm, I've committed. To, I'm going to try to take my beard to uh, a new level. So I'm going to see. I usually, <laughs> I usually kind of I have this weird yeah overshare, but especially this would be great for radio too. But then I have like a weird, <laughs> I have a weird bald spot that it's like it has to get real big to cover it up. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm committed. I don't know how my wife feels about that, but uh, if she's, if she listens like she says she does, she'll give me her opinion when she listens to this episode. So we'll see. But yeah, it's definitely uh, there's a lot of the beard game is pretty strong and the, in the it's kind of uh, it's kind of insane to be honest. Yeah, you've seen guys doing the. Uh, I'm sorry, the the, the who was it uh, Rogue in Portland or somebody is doing beard yeast uh, beer. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I remember seeing that a little while ago. Um, I might be taking the beard game a little far, but... Yeah, you know, I, that's what it is. I think it's like, okay, I, you know, made it with this, made a beer with this, like, and then someone comes up and, like, well, I made it with this, and now, you know, it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, just make a good beer. Does, you know what I mean? If, if it's only with uh, two ingredients and it's really good, people people will love it. You don't have to add some weird some weird shit to one-up one up each other. I don't know. I don't know. So um, this is a new specific question, but is there any, I mean, I think everyone makes a bucket list. And like, like I said, your, uh, your list of artists that you've worked with is, I mean, to me, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. Uh, you know, Black Keys up there, they're one of my big bucket list uh, bands I've yet to see live. But is there any artists that you're, you know, wanting to work with that like, you, you know, you're hoping that can kind of, you know, happen? You know? I I have no strings to attach. I have no way to help you, but I'm just kind of curious, like on that. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I always love kind of working with the, like I said, bands I love. So doing more stuff with Ween. Um, there's, uh, there's also like bands. It's almost, it's not even like my favorite bands, but these bands that just have these kind of, they're known for their posters and their poster following and stuff like that. So, and like Pearl Jam and, um, you know, I, I, I like doing stuff for like Queens of the Stone Age and any of these bands I'd, I'd love to kind of work with again. Uh, I mean, I've never done one for Pearl Jam, but, uh, as far as bucket list, you know, I, it's funny that I've, I've definitely been more and more into, uh, shifting into beer. So I think my bucket list would just kind of be, um, working with more and more breweries and, and, you know, a lot of the time, um, you know, I, I'm lucky that I've been able to line some stuff up in the future 
um, with a couple of different breweries, but kind of like finding one that I kind of become their packaging. You know what I mean? Like I become, I come there, the guy for their cans and stuff like that. You know, I still, I still do stuff with DC Brow and, you know, they have a very specific look to their, to their packaging. And, you know, I'll work with them on kind of specialty stuff. Um, and, you know, do some posters or branding stuff for some of these other breweries, but really getting into like a, a regular packaging gig with a, with a brewery be really cool. All right. Yeah. I think it's important. I, I've, I've come to love the, the bucket list cause you know, we'll, you know, we're not going to have a meditation moment, but you have to, you know, visualize it and make it happen. So I definitely would like, <laughs> and I, like I said, I like to follow from far. And so if I see one pop up, that'll give me a nice warm and fuzzy. So yeah, I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, thanks again, Matt. I know we tried for a while to connect and I got to say it was really worth it. Um, I really, uh, I'm a big fan of what you do and I think it's a great story. And I think that, um, you know, I look forward to, uh, to, you know, having some of the, your artwork up on the, the walls here at the studio. So I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy it. And if there's any, you know, hopefully we get to meet in, uh, you know, 3d at some point and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah just, absolutely. yeah, I just wanted to yeah just say thank you. And I, I really, I really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. yeah thanks for the opportunity you know i appreciate the invite and um you know right back at you what you're doing is really cool um you're you're kind of showcasing a lot of people and and uh and you know i know doing podcasts is hard so uh, i i appreciate uh the opportunity all right from one artist to another thanks so much i really appreciate it man i'll talk to you soon all right brother all right cheers And there you have it, folks. Matt Lunig, scrapedknee.com. Really enjoyed speaking with Matt. I think it was just interesting from my perspective to learn about his journey, learn about all the hard work that he puts in. There's no sugarcoating that. And it's just really, I think it's a great story. And it's a great journey. And I really just you know love what he's doing as somebody who's been an avid collector of gig posters, you know, from some of my favorite bands over the years. It was just really nice to kind of learn about that, you know, learn about the the process, talk about his bucket list. It'd be cool to see him do Pearl Jam. You know, I selfishly would love to see him do something for Fish or one of the guys in one of their endeavors. And just all in all, it was a really, really positive experience. And that's what we're trying to do here. I think that um, it was nice. I'm not used to, as I've learned, noticed that, uh, you know, the artists are, are not used to it, but just when, uh, to get complimented and to be, you know, told we're doing something cool, it, it definitely, uh, it means a lot. And that, you know, Matt shared that and, you know, we edit these, you know, we hear these things, you know, a few times over trying to make sure everything sounds, you know, like the parge, you know, just right. And so hearing that was, was great. You know, sometimes you're having a, a shitty day and to hear somebody, you know, who you've never really met in person, you know, compliment, you know, the, the project that that you love is really just really awesome. So so thanks to Matt for that. Again, scrapedknee.com, Matt Lunig, L-E-U-N-I-G. You find him on the Instagram, you know, tell him we said hello. And just, uh, yeah, thank you. You're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This was episode number 44. Holy shit, 40 y cuatro. 
right here 16 ounce canvas.com 160z canvas.com 160z canvas on instagram facebook twitter and we just most recently launched a youtube channel by launched i mean re-uploaded the videos that we've been showing on instagram but we're doing that we're trying to look at new ways next week we have steve rubin who's uh, doing lots of great stuff. You may know him from our Doodle or Die com competition. And also right outside of Hartford at Hanging Hills Brewery. We'll be showing some video. So really excited to, to share that with you. As we've mentioned uh, a few times already, we will be heading up to Portland, Maine on February 2nd to visit uh, Will Sears, Carl Grandin, Mike Van Hall, and Keith Sure, as part of artistic directions at Oxbow Blending and Bottling Gallery 49 over there will be a great art show. I'm looking forward to, to meeting some folks up there. If you are going to be in attendance, you know, uh, reach out. We'd love to connect and you know have one and just uh, you know connect in 3D. So we're gonna try to record our adventures of you know of that and see what, what happens there. When I say we, again, it's royal, royal style here. So uh, we're not videographers, so definitely be a, more of a, a MacGyver effort than, than anything. But uh, we thank you for listening here each and every week. It does not go underappreciated, does not go unnoticed. I hope you're digging the, the, you know, the music that we have for you. You know, we tried to get some of his favorites. Uh, right now you're listening to, we thought this was a cool way to bring two of the artists together. We have Twiddle playing with Phil and his son Graham, Graham Lesh. You know, Eyes of the World, this is one of my probably top five favorite songs of all time. So this is Twiddle covering the dead with Phil and his son. And then we had before that, we had Ween and Golden Void. So just trying to make each episode a little customizable, a little unique, and hopefully you're, you're enjoying what you're hearing here each and every week. We will have some exciting news, I'd say, probably in the next two weeks. We did go look at a great uh, space in New Haven, Connecticut. We're looking at putting on an event this summer. We've already been in touch with several of our artists, and I'm just going to let you know it's going to be an epic, epic adventure that we would love to, to have everybody a part of and you know come out and join us. It's the first of uh, hopefully many right here, the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. But that is it for this week. We are here each and every Friday. Check us out. Tag a friend. Get yourself a sticker. Get in touch. We're not going anywhere. We'll try to do some giveaways. I think probably sometime next month when dry wear is over. We are on day. What's it going to be here? I think it's day 19. So we are alive and kicking. But like I said last week, uh, definitely looking forward to stout season. Being up in Portland, Maine will definitely be a great way to end that with uh, Bissell Brothers and so many other great uh, breweries. You know, Oxbow, excited to see what the, the tap list is for the event. Maybe get the Allagash, you know, Foundation, Austin City Limits, no, no, Austin Street, and just uh, see, where, see where it takes us. Liquid Riot, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, again, my name is AJ. I'm here each and every week. I am your host on this adventure. Feel free to reach out, AJ at 160zcanvas.com. Would love to hear from you. So we are going to allow this track to play out. Um, when we recorded this, 
I used to, like I said, do radio back in the day. I did it for about 11 or 12 years. And there was a guy out of New Jersey. His name was Jay Bird. That was his DJ name. And he did a show on Z88.9 called Endless Boundaries. And he and I, you know, at our peak, we would do the show together. You know, we kind of recommend different bands to each other or just kind of, you know, we would start tracking our playlists and what we would do. And, you know, things happen. You know, I know that um, at my old station, 88.5 WVOF, the voice of Fairfield, you know, NPR kind of took over and, you know, they snipped a lot of the, a lot of programming. So that, that gave me a, you know, good 10 plus year run. And, you know, he was uh, lucky enough to do it for over 20 years. He had some really cool jobs. He was, you know, overseeing operations and programming and, the station moved in a different direction. So today when this was being recorded was his last episode. So I don't know if Jay listens to this, but if he does, I just want to kind of give a nod to, you know, somebody who was again, another great artist who's dedicated to his craft, you know, supporting musicians, giving back, you know, he had some of the best giveaways, tickets, CDs, everything. And he really helped, uh, you know, through kind of a friendly competition, you know, pushed me to to step my game up with production and you know learning new things having different artists and so end of an ear there i know it's not 16 ounce canvas related but you know we are here about supporting artists putting something positive back and jay jay definitely was uh you know a key part of that so we are going to uh as a nod to to mr jaybird you know uh, we're gonna let this one play out twiddle phil lesh graham nash right here not Graham Nash. It's not Crosby, Stills, and Nash. What an idiot. See? Already my game is shit. But Phil Lesh, Graham Lesh, Twiddle, Eyes of the World, right here. 16-ounce canvas. Let's go. 